Hello and welcome to another episode of the Levens Podcast. My name is Jude. My name is Ben. And this is the last episode of 2022. Can you believe it? Um, I can't believe it because I still don't know like what day it is. Never mind like what month we're in. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just this weird holiday thing, man. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, anyway, yeah. last episode. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that's a good point. We we didn't record last week. Last week was Christmas. Yeah. Um, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. I drove too much. This oh, is this you, is a yeah. podcast about cars, and I'm going to be the one to complain about driving too much. <laughs> you know. Because I drove to the other side of the state twice, back to back, like there and back. So yeah, that's too much. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to do that again. All right, that's fair. Um, anyway, I'm staying home next year. <laughs> <laughs> How was your Christmas, Ben? I feel obligated <laughs> to ask now. Yeah, that no, was good. I didn't do much driving, so. Ugh, I did enough for both of us. <laughs> um, anyway, this is the last episode of the year, 2022, but it's also the last episode of our first ever season of the Elevens podcast. It's our 13th episode, uh, and so next year we'll kick off season two. Which uh, will probably be more than 13 episodes, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we're looking forward to it. We've got some plans, so... Uh, but this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about, I guess, recap our year, cars that were that we that left an impression on us. Yeah. Um, that we drove throughout the course of 2022. Yeah, I thought about doing like you know uh, just a, like a general recap of the year, but then I'm like, no, that's a little too general, a little too vague. And then I was like, oh, like what are our top cars of the year? Do we want to do like car of the year type of thing? And then I'm like, eh. There's so many things that were announced and like, who really cares? Like we've talked about them all year anyway. Right. So I feel like this would be a little bit more personal where these are cars that kind of stood out to us individually, like whether we drove them or experienced them, like things that we actually came in contact with, not like, oh yeah, the Lamborghini Storado really stood out to me this year, but like neither of us have actually like been in one, you know? Let alone seen it in person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we talk about it from time to time, but we have like a really huge privilege, like what we do for a living, working for an exotic car dealership. Like these are cars that we get to drive and, and you know, sit in and, and see and really study and experience basically on a daily basis. So um, I think this would be a really interesting perspective. Um, at least interesting for us to talk about, whether it's interesting enough for you to listen to, uh, you guys be the judges, I guess, <laughs> like listeners of the pod. We've made it this far. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, do you want to kick it off or do you have any other thoughts uh, before we dive in? Um, well, when we kind of brought up this idea, you bring up a good point that we're pretty privileged to be able to drive the cars that we do and have the jobs that we do. Um, and when you sort of propose this idea of like, you know, rather than listing out all the cars that were our favorite that had come out, rather than do that, do it more personal and what we actually drove. Yep. Um, I was like, I don't really know that I drove all that many cars, but like, as I started listing them out, I'm like, man, I, list- I drove a lot of cars this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and it's like, it's such a privilege that I have, there are cars on here that I forgot that I drove. Right. Like, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. But, um, The listeners won't know this, but we were, like, scrolling through our, each other's Instagrams, too. Like, not just, like, our camera rolls or whatever, but, like, figuring, oh, yeah, uh, I, did a, I did a reel of that car. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we won't go over all the cars, but just some of the ones that left an impression on us. Yeah, the so, interesting ones. Um, I guess I'll, maybe I'll kick it off with maybe the most obvious one. Yeah. Um, the McLaren Artura. That's number one on my list too. Is All right. Really? Yeah, yeah. Exa- absolutely. Because the I, one I instantly thought of. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I sort of started this out by listing, trying to list out all the cars that I drove and just kind of picking from there. Um, and the first thing on my list was all McLarens minus a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Artura stood out to me obviously because it's brand new and we hadn't experienced it before this year. Yeah. Um, but it's so different too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've really driven any hybrids before, let alone a hybrid supercar. Um, it's an all-new engine. It's got two less cylinders on than the rest of the McLaren lineup. Yep. Um, completely redesigned interior. We've we've been over all of this before in previous episodes, so I won't lay in too much on on the details of the car. But I guess um, I was pleasantly surprised. I shouldn't say surprised because I expected to like the car, um, but I. Didn't, I don't think I expected to like it as much as I did. Yeah. Um, it's just, 
there are so many cards that came out this year that are a very good evolution of what was before. Mm-hmm. So they just refined everything that was already good in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so the steering is obviously carried over from previous McLarens and is fantastic. Um, there's just it's just a really good car what were your thoughts on the artura i i i'm with you like i i've said before when we did our like artura episode if you will um you know it i was the biggest biggest skeptic like i was the biggest cynic when it came to this thing just because it was delayed and you know i was like uh you know i i they it, they, it better be good <laughs> you know what i mean and when i actually got to drive it several times over the course of the year in different settings too I love that car, man. Like, it's so, so good. They had to nail it, and they really, really did. Yeah. Um, it is different. You can tell it's a next-generation car. Um, it's everything, to your point, it's everything good about McLarens in the past, refined and really, like, you know, pushing the envelope in, in a lot of new areas, too, just with the drivetrain. It's so good. Um, infotainments, just, like, a really, really good update, having CarPlay and everything. Like, little, like quality of life things that we talked about before yeah you know moving the moving the dynamic uh handling and powertrain controls to the binnacle instead of having a separate button and dials that you have to press and the seat controls being on the correct side of the seat and stuff now like you know and then like just even updates of technology having collision warning and and you know smart cruise control and lane departure warning like things like that um you can tell like they took it seriously they had to knock it out of the park and they really did it just drives so well too. Like th- those things are one thing. It's like, yeah, okay, you know, it's a modern car, um, but it's super sharp, so comfortable, really responsive. The drivetrain's so good. The engine and the, the electric motor working together. The, it's just really, really good. That that stood out to me. That's the car that kind of inspired this idea for in this podcast episode. And you know, it has to be at the top. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I was think, so I think impressed. It says something that it's like the first car that you know that each of us wanted to talk about. It's on the top of, of both of our lists. You know, yeah. it, it's that good. Yeah, and it's not just because we work for McLaren. You know, it's not about a bias. We both really genuinely enjoyed that car. Yeah, like um, if, if I didn't like the car, I would just been like biggest disappointment of the year. <laughs> you know, even with my low expectations for it, I still would have been like, Ugh, they they had to nail it, but they didn't, and here's why. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's so good. It sounds amazing. That V6 really good sound. Revs really high, um, and the fact that you can just pop it into EV mode and just sneak around town. It's really cool. Yeah, really yeah. good car, and I'm I'm really optimistic for the future and like. They're going to do variants of it too, right? Nothing official. Just want to put that out there for the podcast. Like we don't know any secret information, but like if McLaren follows the formula that they've kind of perfected with, you know, 570, 720 and the Artura, you know, you can probably, if you were placing bets, you could probably count on there being a spider. You could probably count on there being some kind of LT version of it that I'm really excited for. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and it'd be cool to have like an Artura R at some Ooh, point. Yeah. You know, just thinking about like what they did with the 620R. Yeah. Just having something obscene, like a, a track car without like track rules. You know what I mean? So. The GT4 car looks really good. It does. Yeah. With that wing. It's like the P1 GTR style yeah. wing. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds rowdy too. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I'm optimistic. I'm looking forward to that stuff. Yeah. Which, again, nothing official, nothing's been announced. We don't have any secret information yet, but <laughs> it, it's a matter of time. They, they know what they're doing at this point. They have a good formula. Right, right. Well, this car is like, it's a ground-up car. It's brand new, and it mar- it's the mark of the next generation. So, of course, yes. there's going to be more variants of that car. And more models. <laughs> sure. Using the same idea. Yeah. At I, least it won't I be as confusing wait. with the numbers and letters. And oh stuff. my god, the names are going to make so much more sense now. <laughs> like, we'll see. Artura LT, you, like, you'll know what that is. Like Artura R, you'll know what that is. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of 570, 600, 620. And oh, by the way, there's a 540 that we don't get in North America, but it's like, okay, what? And it's a 540C for some reason? Yeah, the, the C for cheap. Right. No, I don't know. <laughs> Um, anyway, what's, so I guess like, what, what, what else stood out to you? What's the next? Uh, the next card that I'd like to talk about is the Porsche 992 GT3. 
Okay. Because uh, this year we got both the big wing car and the touring, mm-hmm. and I love both. <laughs> um, I didn't have amazing expectations for for that car. Um, you know, I've I really liked the previous generation GT3s. Um, I got to drive the 992 GT3 a few months ago. Uh, I took it out on the highway. It did some twisty roads in it. I really, really liked it. It's so good. Porsche's Porsche's so good at what they do. It's nothing new. <laughs> the, it's nothing new, but they they've just done a really good job updating that car. Um, the interior feels way more modern now because like we've had the 991 generation, even with the mid-cycle refresh with the Datsun, we've had that generation for a while now and needed an update. But the car just handles so well. It drives so good. The transmission's so good. Both both the PDK and the manual, um, and the, and the engines just it's just proven. It works. It works well. It's fun to drive, and just like the feel of a naturally aspirated flat six is just never gonna get old. Um, so you know when they announce the new generation cars, and I'm like, okay, they're not updating, really updating the drivetrain, you know, because they can't really justify investing in new ice um power plant right now you know what i mean um so the the four liter six cylinder that's in it is basically like carryover from the last generation with like five more horsepower or whatever three more horsepower or whatever it is it's negligible but you know that it's refined and it's fine-tuned and stuff but you can tell like they're just really really good at what they do and it's just a really really good solid car like if you want to buy one just do it yeah just do it just do it either the big wing or the 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 touring PDK or manual, I don't care. If you're looking at one, just buy it. It's really good. You will not be disappointed. And don't let it sit in your garage. Drive it. Yeah, actually drive it because <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, the one that you you said you drove both transmissions, the manual and the PDK. Um, I didn't do a lot in the manual because we we have a <laughs> we have a GT3 Touring right now for sale, and it's super low miles, and I just really don't want to put miles on it. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, the PDK one had um, I don't remember what it had for miles actually. But it was a number that didn't feel bad, like putting like twenty more on. So yeah. yeah, I took it out. Okay, like actually took it out and strung it out. But yeah, yeah. Okay, which uh, well, I guess if you haven't spent much time in the manual, but if you had the choice, which do you think you prefer? If it were my money and I was getting one, I would just get the PDK. Really? If I'm gonna be honest, yeah, because um, I'm old. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the manual is really, really, really good. There are certain cars that have a manual transmission, that have had manual transmissions that really stand out to me. Like Honda manuals were always so good. They're clicky and they have no business being that good in like an economy car. Like you put that transmission, that shifter into like a car that's three, four times as much money and you're like, okay, this is appropriate. Um, And Porsche manuals are just so good. Um, Mazda MX-5, that's another really, really good manual transmission. Um, BMWs are good, you know, there, there are certain cars. Toyotas, you know, there are certain cars out there that have had manual transmissions that I've driven, or, like in my history of driving cars. I'm like, okay, okay, those are good. But those are really the two that really stand out to me: is Hondas and Porsches. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wouldn't be mad about driving a manual transmission Porsche. Like, how can you be upset about that, right? Yeah. But I think just where I am in my life right now, I would get the PDK just for like being able to go out for a drive and like not worry about shifting. I guess. And the PDK really, really is good. So yeah. maybe I'm just used to it. Yeah. Maybe I'm be a little bit boring now. I don't know. No, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, automatic transmissions are so good now that, like, it's not really a matter of which one is technically better. It's which do you prefer. Right. So, you know. Yeah. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, Ask I'll... me in two weeks, I might have a different answer. Like, it's that close for me. Yeah. If the P- if the PDK wasn't as good as it is, then it'd be a lot easier decision to say manual. Mm-hmm. And if the manual was, like not as clicky or you know i don't know if the manual was just like a loosey-goosey slush slushy type of shift you know what i mean like then that would be easier to say no the pdk is so much sharper and so much better you know i don't know right right. they're they're both really really good so there's no wrong answer i think yeah um well it's funny you say the gt3 because that was also on my list oh my god uh so i'll just i'll talk about that too okay (laughs) Um, so I didn't really get to drive the 992 generation. Um, like Jude said, we have a 992 Touring here for sale, but it's got less than 100 miles on it, so I feel really bad driving it for no reason at all. I feel like we need to have somebody else drive it. Like a, a technician or somebody needs to take it out and bring it back with like 
you know, just enough miles where I'd be like, okay, I don't feel bad driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Right. Um, but I spent some time in the previous gen, the 991.2 GT3s. Yeah. Um, I drove a... I always forget. I don't know what the difference. I'm not as good with Porsche colors as I am McLaren colors, but uh, it was either racing yellow or or speed yellow or something like that. Uh, winged GT3 with a manual. The one that we had earlier this, this year, spring, yeah. That was. I think that was racing. I think you're right. Um, I'm gonna while you're talking about the car, I'm gonna try to find the old listing on our website so I can tell you. Okay. I think it was um, racing yellow. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but yeah, I drove that early this year, and then we also have another touring here for sale. It's got some some miles. I say some. It's got like what over two thousand miles on it. Um, it's a nine nine one dot two touring with a manual. Um, so I really haven't spent much time in the GT threes with PDKs, but I think I'm the other way of what you said. I would definitely pick a manual over a PDK. It's just so good. Racing yellow confirmed. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. I looked it and, up. That That's car, a cool car, man. I, that car had an IP exhaust. It was so loud. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite reels that I did on my Instagram. Cheap plug for my social media. Uh, when that car came off the uh, the trailer, I, we um, we took delivery of it when we bought it, and it was just dark enough and just cold enough, and just like you know, it was just a perfect winter night. And the car coming up, down on the lift gate on the back of the truck was just so good. That was a good reel. Thank you. That was a good reel. <laughs> Minimal effort. And like, I don't know, the reels that I spend the least amount of time editing and making and stuff are the ones that do the best. So yeah, yeah. we're going to go with that. Yeah. But yeah, racing yellow, beautiful car. But I mean, I'll, I'll just piggyback off of like everything that you just said. It's such a sharp car. The naturally aspirated engine is so good. Yeah. It sounds incredible. It opens up above three or 4,000 RPM and it just keeps going. Yeah. It's amazing. Listening to somebody else drive it is so confusing because you're like, is he going to shift? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, it just keeps going. You're like, wait, how has he not hit the yeah. red limiter, limiter yet? Wow, yeah. I can't talk. Um, yeah, it's just an incredible engine. And I don't know if I would have a strong preference of winged car or touring. Um, if we're talking about the previous gen, actually, I, no. Whichever gen it is, I don't, I don't think I would have a strong preference wing or no. Yeah, no same. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. They're both really, really good. The touring is cool because like it's it's such a sleeper. Yep. Um, but it'd be cool to have a race car too. Doesn't <laughs> no strong preference there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that was definitely towards the top of my list. Too. There you go. Yeah. Cool. So we're two for two now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's the What's the next one that you want to talk about? Uh, next one I want to talk about. Uh, ooh, let's talk about the Lotus Evora GT. Oh my god, it's on my list too. <laughs> You can tell we have some similar uh, tastes here. Yep. Um, or the, the cars speak, speak for themselves. They're just that good. Yeah. Um, so th this was a... I was blown away by this car. Um, specifically the yellow one. We have a white one here for sale. It's an automatic. Get the manual. You should buy the automatic car if you're looking for a Vietnamora. <laughs> but Automatic isn't bad, but this is a car where like, if you if you do have a choice, absolutely get the manual. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Because it's, I, I told this, I said this to you when I first drove the car and I got back. I was like, this is such a cliche term, but it is a go-kart. Yeah. It is a go-kart. It's yeah. actually small and you have, you can just feel the mechanical grip of the car just like weaving back and forth and yep. going through corners and stuff. You can feel it start to understeer a little bit when you're throwing it into a corner and it's got, what, 400 horsepower? Yeah, just, just over, over four. Yep. Plenty of power for that car. It so much power for that car. It makes <laughs> doesn't nothing. weigh anything. Yeah. Um, and as a result, I mean, you just punch it and it goes. So responsive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sounds great, I think. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not the best sounding car in the world. No. I think it sounds great. Yep. Um, tiny little bit of supercharger whine. Yep. Behind your head. It's pretty Satisfying. Cool. Uh, I actually think it's kind of practical. Believe it. Like, I it's don't know. usable. I wouldn't say practical. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Usable is a better word. Um, and yeah. I also was surprised at how comfortable it was. Yeah. It rides really well. Yeah. Um, it's a small cabin, I will say. Sure. But it rides really, really well. When I when I got back, um, I said, like, I had, I, th I like this way more than I thought I would. And I could drive this every day. Oh, yeah. Like, I could, I'd be perfectly happy driving the car on. Because, like, 
going into it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be super light, super stiff, like rattly. And yeah, it's light. Yeah, it's, it's firm. You know what I mean? It's not a soft car by any means. But, like, I could live with that every day and be totally happy with it. I had so much fun in that car. Yeah. I got back with the biggest smile on my face. And I, get, I still get so happy when I think back to it. Um, what a car, man. Yeah. What a car. And it was good enough to the point where when we did our top five forever cars. Yeah. I put a Lotus Amira on there. Because yeah. I enjoyed that Evora so much. Yeah, we've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, surprisingly so. Like, I didn't think that, <laughs> I didn't think it would leave that much of an impression because the car's been out for a little while. I just, we just never had a chance to drive one up until now, you yeah. know, and the, it's la- also, the last year before the new one comes out too. So it's fitting. Yeah. It's also such a left field choice for most people. Cause like when you think buying a small sports car, it, your immediate thought is buy a Cayman. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's in that category. So, Around the same price too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Lotus is cheaper actually. Yeah. Than something like a 718. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man but so good so good that was one of my <laughs> surprisingly favorite cars. good yeah. and it was one of the least expensive cars on the lot so. i know it's a hundred okay so it's not obviously it's like not in, cheap. The, <laughs> in the context of what we do for a living a hundred grand for a car that drives that well that good like that's a lot of car for the money man yeah. like ah, man i don't know like that it's so good that like that between a, that and a GT4 is kind of a toss-up for yeah. me. Like I, I don't know. Part of me says like just get the Lotus just to be different enough. Because like when you go, like if you go to an autocross event or whatever, like everybody's got the, the Porsche. You know, everybody's got Caymans and stuff. Yeah. But you know, driving that for a hundred grand, like man, yeah. that's such a good. That's so much bang for the buck. Yeah. Fully cliches when we're talking about this car, but it's like it's sincere. Like it. It's yeah. I don't know. Really, really good. Yeah, really good. Um, what do you have next on your list? Uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, do something a little bit different. Kick the clutch first and switch uh, gears? And, and then just turn around and not... Uh, no more gasoline. I don't know. This is a really awkward transition to an EV. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, another car that really, really stood out to me. So much so that I was like in the middle of buying one. I got really close to actually buying one. Uh, Polestar 2. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. So good. And I think part of me was like, I went into it with such low expectations getting into it and driving it. Um, and just absolutely blown away. I like electric cars. I've had an electric car before. We talk about EVs all the time on this podcast. Um, we did a whole episode about like, does it make sense to have an you know electric um, performance car, supercar, right? So that car... So good. Um, it was a fully loaded PPP. So it had the plus pilot and performance packages. Um, the performance package now has more power. And they actually had a software update. So for a few grand, they do an over-the-air update and give your previous pre-performance package upgrade performance package more power. <laughs> Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers or oh, something. Wow, There's a lot, of, a lot of peas here. I don't know. The PPP. Um, so for, for people listening, how much power does it have? I don't know. <laughs> I need to Google it. Uh, Polestar. I want to guess it's like 400? Horsepower. Um, yeah, something like that. See specification features. It was so, a good car. I drove it too, and I was, I was impressed. It was my... Only real exposure to an EV ever. Yeah. So, so there, there's some flavors. So you can do a single motor car, which is like 200 something horsepower. Yep. You can do a dual motor car and then the dual motor with the performance. It's all different. This website's really pretty, but I'm having trouble here. Like actually getting to the specs. Um, it says up to 476 horsepower. So I'm guessing the performance package upgrade gets you to that 476 number it's a lot of power it is a lot of power. i mean it's a heavy car yeah it's not big it was fun to drive handled really really well i was really impressed with how it handled you can tow up to 2,000 pounds wild um <laughs> zero to 60 in 4.2 seconds so it's not the fastest thing out there right obviously there are faster cars and there are faster evs that are in the same category but there's something so satisfying about driving this one um, the aesthetics, like the design language, 
those kind of things really appeal to me because that's something that I really like, like that Scandinavian minimalism with just enough like touch of that gold with the seat belts and the calipers and the Olin's dampers and stuff. There's, you know, something really satisfying that kind of, like I said, it speaks to me. Um, I'm really having trouble here with this, <laughs> with this <laughs> website. See how the performance pack compares to the standard features. Okay, show comparison. Um... Yeah, it doesn't say. Great. Whatever. Pretty website. Super confusing. And I'm kind of on the spot. I should have been more prepared. So I'm kind of mad that you uh, asked me. Um, <laughs> so up to 476 horsepower. I think Google said the the base car with single motor is 231 horsepower. Yeah, 231. And then the dual motor is somewhere in between. Okay. Um, really good car. Really, really good car. I loved just about everything about it. Um. And it's got to be on my list because I was really, you know what happened was I was, I got COVID is <laughs> what happened like in the, like towards the tail end of it. And I was uh, lining up a buyer for my Mercedes and, and then I was just, I got sick and I was like, okay, I'm going to call this whole thing off. And then I just never picked it back up again. Is that what it was? Yeah. I got COVID dude. Because <laughs> you were I got, I got pretty sick. close. You were pretty close to buying one. Yeah. Yeah. I should. I should get one. So I could buy your Mercedes. Yeah, I'm thinking about it now, actually. <laughs> um, you know, especially now that the performance package has more power, and I would lease it, and so that cost difference for the more power baby would be spread out over the course of a lease and residualized instead of adding it as a separate, like, over-the-air update that I'd pay out right for. There's a lot that makes sense here. Uh, <laughs> looks like 408 horsepower was is, like, the dual-motor non-performance package. So even that, that's plenty of power. Yeah. You know. And you said... Uh, four point something seconds to sixty. Four point two seconds zero to sixty. You said that like it's not the quickest thing in the world, and you're right. But that's plenty fast. That's really quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like any anything with a four in front of it is fast. Yeah. I would say. Exactly. Um, um, I don't know. It's not the most efficient thing. It's not the fastest charging thing. There's a lot of like superlatives that don't apply to this car, uh, but it's really really good. It's really really nice. The infotainment's amazing. I was impressed. I thought like, it was good. I, I knew that I would like it, but I spent a lot of time playing around with it, and it's really, really good. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff about it that's just like, okay, it's a Volvo, <laughs> you know? Um, I love that it's a liftback, you know? Mm -hmm. See our previous episode about why SUVs suck. Um, <laughs> you know, so super practical, and you can fit a lot of stuff in it for such a small car, you know? Yeah. Just really like it. Stay tuned to see if you buy one. You know what it needs? It needs an 800 volt architecture. It's 400 volt. So that, it's like previous gen stuff. Does that enable faster charging or what faster charging and more power, baby? Okay. So like the um, the Taycan, for example, the Lucid, the Kia EV6, the Ionic Five, like all these next gen EVs are on an 800 volt architecture. So you can put more electricity i guess through it you know what i mean so that means you have better use of the battery you have better and faster charging and all this other stuff yeah um meanwhile the pulsar 2 is still on 400 volt so everyday living are you going to notice a difference yeah but that's only like if you're thinking about it i guess like the range on the car is pretty good it's like 240 250 miles something like that which is more than enough for most people and it's plenty fast you know so yeah. Could cool. charge quicker, but I don't know. I'm not doing tons of road trips, so I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about that. <laughs> uh, what's the next car that you want to talk about? Um, next car I will talk about uh, has some sentimental value to me and is still available here for sale. It is the white Aston Martin DBS Superleggera. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. So... Um, I got married this year. <laughs> you did? <laughs> and uh, my boss was um, gracious enough to let me borrow a car as a getaway car, and that was what I chose. Yeah. Um, I wanted it to be sort of like a Bond-style getaway, yep. and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got to spend a little bit of time in the car, and I fell in love with it. It's just... It's a big GT with a big V12, and oh. has all the V12 sounds, way uh. too much power. Yeah. Um, and it looks so good. 
It's such a good looking card. It's that one so especially. Yeah. yeah. It's in matte white. I've never seen that before. It's, it's got really good. All the carbon on the outside and uh, gloss black wheels. Um, that V12. I don't I, like people compare that to the old style V12s and they're like, oh, it's not what it used to be, but I think it still sounds incredible. Who cares? <laughs> it's 12 cylinders. Yeah, exactly. Over 700 horsepower. Yep. It just like, it gets away from you faster than you think. Right. It's kind of dangerous. Uh, but I just, I have nothing but good things to say about that car. Yeah. It's incredible. Thinking about a 12 cylinder touring car, would you take that or an 812? A Ferrari 812. I've thought about that. I feel... So, that's the thing with Aston Martin, right? Aston Martins tend to depreciate quite a bit. Yeah. And Ferraris, at least the big V12s, don't as much. They don't seem to. Is that, am I right in saying that? Ferraris generally hold their value better than competitors. But yeah. especially... You know, I, I mean, let's be real. They're, they're desirable, right? The 12-cylinder Ferraris are always going to be desirable. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So for watch people that are listening, I would compare Aston Martin and Ferrari to Rolex and Omega. So everybody wants the Rolex, and the Rolex still goes like up in value and holds its value well. But it's not to say that the Omega isn't good. None of this makes sense to me, so I'm just like <laughs> sitting here looking at you, dude. Yeah, so, whatever. So sure, yeah. Just, I'll yeah, bring it back exactly. to cars. I'll bring it back to cars. <laughs> Comment down below or wherever. Send us a message if you are interested in watches because I will talk to you for hours about that. But anyway. Are we going to have a spinoff podcast where it's you talk about watches and me just going, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like I have to say I'd pick the Ferrari. Okay. Um, I've always, you know, I've, I've thought about that before. I feel like the big V12 Astons, because of the depreciation are a more attainable way of getting a big V12 GT. Sure. And then once you're earning more, you can go buy the Ferrari. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I also think that the V12s have such different characteristics. Like the 812's V12 see, sounds and feels more racy yep. to me than exactly. the Aston. Yep. Um, the Aston spicy. has more of like a Bentley way of it. I don't know how right. else to describe it. Yep. Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, I guess that's my answer. If there it's a good was an answer. answer, it's not a you know. There's no wrong answer. Yeah. Um, I, I would. I will say that I thought about the Superleggera, um, like talking about it on my list, but I actually drove one the year before, <laughs> so it like didn't make the you oh, know okay. the technicality of this yeah. year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It really, really good. Really good. I would also take the A12. Because I love it that much, but I, I could see a serious argument for the DBS. It, it really is a good car. Uh, opening the hood, yes, it's a moment. Like giant clamshell, so good. Oh, and the doors. Didn't even talk about the doors. They go up just enough. Swan doors. Yeah. Yes, because it's civilized. <laughs> it's actually really loud too. Yeah. Like w waking up the neighbors on the way to the <laughs> wedding. Yeah, you think like when you think of Aston, like typically you think of something that's a little more reserved and like you know, con it's a touring car, right? And this thing's just a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, the next car I want to bring up uh, is another EV. I okay. drove my buddy's Kia EV6. Oh yeah, I loved it. So good. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah. I knew I would. I would love to drive one of those. They're so good, man. And like. I'm talking about this right after I talk about the Pulsar 2. You know, it'd be... I, I don't want to say it's a toss-up, but I could see myself buying either one. You know, I love Korean cars. I worked for Kia, so there's always going to be a, a sentimental thing there. And the car is just legitimately really, really good. It's quick. He's got a, a dual-motor one. It's funny because he ordered the single motor and he ended up getting a dual-motor because that's they messed up the order. That's all they could get or something like that. I mean, it's not a bad mess-up. It's better than them, he, him ordering the two dual motor and getting a single motor. Yeah, motor. the other way around. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he wanted the single motor because it, it does get more range. And he drives okay. a lot, so there's that. But really, really good car. Build quality is so good. Seeing it in person, like pictures of it is one thing, videos of it is one thing. In person, it's a really pretty car. It's got a lot of good details. So just it, it feels like 
you know, what you'd expect from a really good high-end electric car in 2022. Like, they, they nailed it. I have no complaints about that car whatsoever. Really, really good. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen a few on the road, and you're right, they are very pretty cars. They're, they're very different looking. There's nothing else quite like them on the road. Right. Um, it's interesting that you say that it's... You don't want to say that it's a toss-up, so you you do prefer the Polestar. I think so. Yeah. What draws you to the Polestar? Because for me, the design. Okay, so the, I guess it's the same for me then, because I would prefer the Kia based on the design. So the EV6 is like technically a better car, because like I mentioned just before, you know, it's on 800 volt architecture. It's fa- uh, you know, it can charge faster. It's got more room, but it is a crossover. You know, there's that. Yeah. The design is good. It's really, really good. It's a pretty car. And it's got all those details, like I mentioned, that you don't appreciate unless you actually see the car like in person, up close. Uh, it drives really, really well. But the Polestar just has the flavor that I prefer. You know what I mean? Even though it's objectively not as good from like a, when you're thinking about like what makes a good EV in 2022. Like it's on like halfway previous gen stuff. I don't know. Whatever. If you don't think about that stuff, I, I you know, I, it's, you're not going to be disappointed with either one. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's a I good get car. the Polestar, but I wouldn't be mad if I had a Kiwi EV6 in it. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Um, let's see. What else did I really enjoy this year? Um, ooh, you'll like this one. AMG GTC Roadster. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Incredible good. car. Um, it's a lot more of a sports car than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, when I saw the long hood, I thought, oh, big GT. Yeah. It is not a GT, even though it's a GT. (laughs) It's a, it's it's called a GT. Right. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like it's comfortable enough for trips and stuff like that. It's not quite like the trunk isn't that big and whatever, but um, it's definitely a sports car. When you throw it into a corner, it's a sports car. Right. Like it does not roll at all. No. It just you turn the wheel and it just turns. Yep. Um, and that engine is really really good. That yep. AMG bark with the uh, overrun when you downshift and yeah, oh, yeah. That engine really makes that car. It's so good. Yeah. Um, Panamericana grill. It looks really mean. Yep. Um, but again, I think that sound is really all that. Not not all that draws me to it, but it's a lot of it. It's a big part of the car. Yeah. It's a big part of most AMGs. It's the engine. It's the exhaust. It's the burble that you get out of it. They have their trademark sound. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's what you'd expect. Yeah. You know, and that's the same, like, no matter which AMG you're looking at at this point. As long as it's, like, a... I hate to be, like, one of those people, but, like, a true AMG, right? You're... A CL45, it sounds different. It just does, right? Yeah. It's a good car for what it is, but like all these, the, all the V8s are just ridiculously good and yeah. they all kind of sound similar. So whether you're in a G Wagon or a GT or even like, you know, the E63S or something like that, such a good sound. Yeah. And you break traction so easily in those. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> like you just get anywhere near the throttle and you just start to spin the rear wheels. It's another cliche, but it's a German muscle car. You know, it that's, it's, that's, that's, that's what it is. It's yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I love that car. Uh, I've driven it before. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's not on my list for 2022. Okay. However, what is on my list for 2022 was the AMG GTR Pro. Oh, okay. Uh, that we had in the summer. I sold it. Mm-hmm. Went to California. I drove that car. Uh, oh, I wanted to drive that insane. so bad. Insane. It's insane. That it's car so went good. so quickly. We had it for like a week, two weeks maybe, tops. Uh, yeah, because it took a little while to like finish up the deal. Like it, <laughs> like it sold within like 48 hours we or something. We had so many calls on it. And yep. I mean, it's, it was the perfect spec. Matte black with the little silver stripe down the side of the middle. And yep. The, Black wheels, yep. silver calipers, yeah. yellow stitching on the inside. You remember this car very, very vividly, don't I you? I love it so much. <laughs> um, I drove it. I took it around the pond. Um, man, it's everything that you said about the GTC, but more. It's just, I, I want to drive that car on a really good track because it, it's got so much power uh, and it handles so well. It's like on rails. 
But like the the main thing that I love about the AMG GTs, all of them, is the seating position. You sit so far back, you feel like your butt's just on the rear axle. And with that long nose, like you like you mentioned, it, the whole car is in front of you. So when you turn, the car turns exactly where you want it to go. But the way, like the physics of it just feels a little weird <laughs> at first. After like being in, in other sports cars and other performance cars. Um, thing's a monster, man. Uh, and that spec itself was just so mean. Like you said, the, the matte color with the black wheels and everything. Oh, yeah. man. It was so good. I love that car so much. And you um, really had to one-up me like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's literally on my list after the key EV6. So we're kind of going in order here. Like surprisingly. I can't see your notes, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, love it. So yeah. good. Yeah. Really good. Um, all right. I'll, I'm, it's not really a one up, but uh, this is just kind of a, I guess this is probably the last one on my list that I really want to talk about. Sure. Um, it's kind of dumb. The Ram TRX. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> what a, what a, not a car, a truck. Stupid. <laughs> so stupid, but I love it so much. The thing is enormous. Like, where are you going to park that? You, you just can't. You, well, I guess you could just park it on top of whoever's in the spot. Right, just roll <laughs> over everybody. Um, so loud, such loud supercharger whine, so much power. Uh, yeah, just dumb, but like dumb fun. I didn't like launch it, launch it because it's got launch control. Does it? But I gunned it in the back parking lot, um, and like I was legitimately scared. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like something that weighs this much should not be going as fast as it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like driving a battering ram. Right. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even think about that one. <laughs> that should be on my list too, yeah. man. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, because so it's so out there from what we normally sell. Right. Like we sell all these low lightweight sports cars, supercars. Yeah. And there's this giant monster truck. Yeah. Uh yeah. I don't th- I don't think I would want one, but it's just really cool. Man. I'm th- I'm just like reminiscing about that truck. <laughs> that was a just, that was a cool spec too. It was all blacked out. It was just mean looking. Yeah, didn't it get traded for a Tesla or vice versa? Uh, yeah, the guy who traded that in bought a Tesla. Plaid. What a swap. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. You went from the world's fastest truck to the world's quickest car. World's quickest truck to the world's quickest car, right? World's least efficient truck to the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To well, an EV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the plot is kind of bananas, too. Yeah. Um, man, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, all right. My next one is another AMG. Now, I'm kind of cheating here. Okay. Because I've driven these before. Okay. But it's been such a long time. Uh, it was the AMG SLK 55. Oh, dude, that was so much fun. Do you remember that car? Yes. We took it out. We spent, like, a little bit of time with it. We just went for a drive. Yeah. For science. For science. It was for work-related reasons. That Was that this year? Yeah. Wow. That was in the summer. Yeah, you're right. That, that was, was such a good car. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I love that thing. What made that really cool was the exhaust. Yeah, it did have aftermarket exhaust. It was really loud. It was really loud. <laughs> the little tiny thing. We opened the top. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like a Miata. If Mercedes built a Miata... Yeah. With a boat engine in it. With a just huge... It's a V8. Yeah. It's a naturally aspirated V8 in that thing. Like, if you think like a cigarette boat, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was so much fun. That was fun. I wanted to spend more time in it. Yeah. And for a second, like, our manager was like, dude, you're going to buy that thing, aren't you? It's like joking around. And I was like, actually, I'm <laughs> like, that would be kind of cool, man. That'd be pretty cool, two-car garage. A E550 and a... An SLK55? Yeah. Just, yeah. like, I don't know, place bets on which one explodes first. <laughs> so good, yeah. though. Um, I was shocked at how well that rode. Yeah. I think because of the form factor, I expected it to be this, like, sporty little, tightly wound little yeah. roadster. Yeah. Um, but it rides like a Mercedes. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting, because the AMG GTs don't ride like a Mercedes. Right. Yeah. So the car that you expect to be, like, a tight little go-kart thing isn't. And the car that you expect to be kind of like a softer touring car isn't. 
right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That car's so much fun. It was fun. I want to drive one again. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's your next one? Um, the rest is just kind of like, I don't know. They're, well, how many more do you have for like, for cars? Are we, are we going over just positive impressions right now? Um, I've got, well, I mean, I've got three more I can kind of run through very quickly if you want to get into that. Um, yeah, sure. Let's just, do that. So rapid fire, uh, backdraft Cobra. Ooh, I forgot. About that. <laughs> oh, man. I'm mad that you said that because that's one of my favorite cars. Uh, I actually went out on a test drive in it with a customer when it was like 20 degrees outside. <laughs> a brave man. It was cold. Um, love that car. If you don't know what that is, it's a it's not a kit car because it's actually manufactured. It's got a VIN, um, but it's a replica of a 1965 Shelby Cobra. Uh, with a lot of modern updates and stuff too. Such a cool car. Way different from anything else that we've had here. A lot of fun. The next car um, is the Lamborghini Huracan STO. Mm, I was I surprised like. how much I liked it. I don't like Huracans. I like that one a lot. Uh, hardcore, stripped out, just stupid sounding, uh, big wing, and you know you get all the drama with like when you open the nose and you get, you know we took off the engine cover. It's a two person job. Take off the engine cover. Um, uh, just had a lot of presence. I really, really liked it. Um, and then the last one didn't drive it, but it left such an impact on me. We got to see it in person. I spent so much time with this car. It's the Koenigsegg CC850. Still my favorite car. Love that car. I want to drive one. Yeah. I just want to just do burnouts in it. I have that on my list as like at the bottom as like a miscellaneous because we didn't drive it. Yeah. But yeah. I snuck it in. Yeah. Again, I, I kind of bending the rules here a little bit, but I did spend a lot of time in it because it was parked right in front of my desk. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. When nobody else was around, I would just like stand there and just look at it, dude. So good. Yeah. Love that car. Fell in love with it. Anyway, so that's my quick fire. Interesting um, that you didn't mention the Yesco in the same breath. Uh, I saw, oh, because we saw the attack. I love that car, but it didn't leave the same kind of impact that the CC850 did. And we saw the Yesco Absolute um, last year. So I probably could have counted it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Probably could I have just thought it. the attack in orange just was wild. That spec itself, that for those of you listening, like if you look up this car, it's the one. You know what I mean? It's the one that's in all the marketing and all, all the YouTube videos and everything. The orange one with the, oh my God, that, yeah. that interior is insane too. So um, cool. Check out my Instagram reel of it. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Quick plug. Yeah, that's a really good car. Yeah. 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 I had both written down just because. Did you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So, yeah. Really cool. All right. What's the, what's the next thing that you want to get into? Um, maybe just some cars that weren't as... They, they didn't live up to our expectations, maybe? Do you have a, a few of those? I didn't even think about that. But if you want to start on your list, maybe I can agree or disagree with yours. Okay. So I have, I have three. Okay. Um, the first one might be a little bit of a surprise. is a Ferrari 488 Spider. Oh. Okay. I just I disagree, but go ahead. I just didn't gel with it. I don't know. Like, I I was talking to my brother about this. I feel like it was an experience, mostly because of the badge, like okay. seeing the prancing horse on the steering wheel and like getting into a red Ferrari. There's something special about that, regardless of like whether the car itself is good or not. Sure. Um, I don't really know if that's just because of the cliches or whatever, but it just feels special. Um, I've always thought that the 488 sounded really good on startup, um, but I, it wasn't an exhaust note that I really felt attached to. Like okay. when, when I drive a car and, and it goes up in the revs, you know, it's it's pretty immediate and a re, of a reaction whether it's like good or not. Um, and I just like not to say that it's bad, but I just didn't think it was great. Um, also because of our jobs at McLaren, we primarily, when we're driving any of these cars, it's usually McLarens. So that's what I'm used to, and I'm used to the steering. The steering in the 488 is just not even close to a McLaren. I'm sorry. It's just not. So you you make valid points, right? I really like the 488s, um, both the Coupe and the Spider. It's a different car than a 650 or, you know, now that... 
I, I thought about putting the F8 Tributo on my list because it's really, really good, but it didn't really impress me as much. When I drove the F8, I would kept comparing it to a 488, and like it's nicely updated, and the interior is fresher, and the materials are better, and like the 488 is getting dated at this point. But like when you think about context, like would I rather have a 488 or a McLaren 650s? I don't know. 488 is definitely a softer, more comfortable car. You think so? You know, I think so. Than a 650? Really? Yeah. I would say they're about the same. Uh. Well, no. Well, the 650 can be comfortable, right? It's a comfortable car to drive. The 488 is definitely softer. Okay. It's not as sharp as a 650. Yeah. It's kind of... It's almost like in a 488, I want to drive along the coast with the roof open. Mm-hmm. And with the 650, I just want to go really fast. You know? Yeah. That's my feeling with the two. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Yeah. I'm surprised that you were that disappointed in it, though. Well, I think At least disappointed enough to talk about it. I think the other thing about it is that it was really my first true Ferrari experience. So maybe there was, like, a lot of hype building up to that. I was like, oh, this is going to be this, like, you know, I don't know. I'd I'd never driven a true Ferrari, and I say true because I'd driven Californias before, and I don't count that, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, um, So, yeah, I guess that's... The first one on of the three. Interesting. That okay. stood out to me that were kind of like, eh, I don't All know. Right. What's um, next? What's the next one? Next one was the new M4. Oh, oh, okay. Not that it was bad. It was just like, eh, I don't know. I it was good. It was fine. It didn't make my list, but it was fine. It's yeah. Good. There's nothing wrong with getting one. Nothing wrong yeah. with buying one. We well, talked about it um, recently, too, on the podcast, the M4. Yeah. 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 I just like, you know, all the cars that I'm listing right now... I'm not saying are bad cars. I'm just... Not for me. I don't know. Okay. Um, I drove the manual one, to be more specific. Um, and I think I would probably prefer an automatic in an M3 or M4. Yeah. The new ones. Yep. I think you've said that, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe... I think... I think what it is... Is that... M3s and M cars in general are not as much enthusiast cars as they once were. Unless you're getting the little one. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're much more for the masses. And we've talked about this before, too. Sure. So uh, maybe that's just why. I, I, maybe I just need to reset my expectations. And Yeah, because when you're getting into it, you're still expecting like a... <laughs> you're still expecting an M3 or an M4, right? And what you're getting is something that's bigger, heavier softer i think that was the thing too it's it's a big car the m4 it's not small in dimensions but the proportions of it like the actual design how like high the hip line of the car is is a big thing that kind of stood out to me how high the trunk lid is it feels like it sits up high even though it kind of isn't technically mm-hmm. just the way that the car like you know feels in person yeah 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 I thought it was okay. That's a good car. It's fine. Just not for me. Okay. Didn't, um, didn't gel with it. It's interesting coming from the BMW guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you spend more time talking about Mercedes than this. <laughs> <laughs> than that. Uh, um, what's the next one? Um, last one I won't spend too much time on is a C8 Corvette. Um, really? Yeah. What? Well, it's so good. It is. Like, what do you mean? It's like, so I'll put it in the same category as the M4, right? It's, it's good at what it does, what it's designed to do, sure, but it just didn't come alive for me. I don't know. Like, the steering feels dead, and I didn't find myself really wanting to push the car. I just would just cruise around in it. Yeah. And the fact that it's got supercar looks and is sort of competing with cars that are way above its price point as far as performance goes, I kind of expected more. Yeah. So, like, you don't get me wrong, you're still getting a lot of car for your money. Yeah. Um, and it performs really well, but I just, as far as driver attachment, I didn't feel that. Also, the paddle shifters aren't great. The, the physical paddle shifters, I feel that... They, oh, they feel a little chintzy. Yeah. A little cheap. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I really like that car. Really? Didn't make my list because I drove one the year before. Okay. I, it probably would have. I really like the C8. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it does leave you wanting more, right? And I've told people this whole time, ever since I've driven it, whether it's customers or friends or whatever, it's like you have to do the math really with the car because you're getting 75, 80% of a much higher priced car for like half the money, yeah. you know? So it's really, really good. It's hard for me to say no to one. Um, it does leave you wanting more. And I think that's on purpose because there's a Z06 <laughs> now, you know? Yeah. So that's why. Yeah, that's valid. Okay. But that's, that, I guess that's my list of cars that I wasn't as impressed by. Cool. What do you got? Um, let's talk about uh, cars that we are looking forward to driving in 2023. Okay. And the first one I like to talk about is the Corvette Z06. Yeah. <laughs> what a transition. Uh, perfectly timed. Yeah. Um, it was further down on my list. I just copied and pasted it to the top while you were talking about it. Um, I, I'm really, really looking forward to that car. It sounds amazing. I want to hear it in person. I really want to drive it. Because driving the regular Z, uh, C8, like, it doesn't make you want more. And that car is just a full-on supercar. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. I cannot wait to drive one. Yeah. Um, preferably with the Z07 package because I just want the full shebang. I want the whole thing. Give me all of it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm excited for, like, further down the road. They're going to do, like, a uh, hybrid one, I think, right? They're going to do an EV one, I think. Yep, EV. It's going to be all-wheel drive. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be cool. In that in that body, that's going to be really nice. Um, there's there's just it's there's so much upside to the car, and I, it's just, I don't think that they're even remotely touching the potential of that platform. So yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to the Z06. Yeah, me too. It's not on my list, but uh, me too. What's yeah. your What's your next one? What is on your list? Um, top of my list is the GT4 RS. Oh, good one. I don't know if we'll have an opportunity to drive one, but yeah. I would love to drive a GT4 RS. You've said before, though, like, isn't it funny how everybody just kind of forgot about that car, like, after it was announced? Yeah, yeah. It, it, annou- it was announced, and then when the GT3 RS was announced, everybody completely forgot about the yeah. GT4. Overshadowed it, which yeah. is understandable. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be in the cockpit and have those intakes right next to your head. Right next to your ear. Yeah. And the yeah. engine's that much closer to you. Like right. In the GT3, it's a b- behind the rear axle. This right. one's in between you and the rear axle. Where it belongs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably. Um, yeah. I, I would love to drive. That's a good one. Not on my list, but I agree. I, I would I would be excited to drive one. Um, next one on my list is the Ferrari 296. Ooh, good one. GTB or GTS, the Ferrari 296. Yeah. I can't wait to drive one. I love the Artura. I really do. Um, so th- I think that's why I'm really looking forward to driving the Ferrari because it's similar idea, just way more power. Obviously, the car sits in a different category, um, but I'm really excited to, to actually drive one. So pretty. I want to hear it. I want to hear the little the little V12, Piccolo. the Piccolo V6 that sounds like a 12 cylinder. Yeah. Um, either GTB or GTS. I don't care. The convertible is so pretty. Um, <laughs> Either one, I would love to drive one. I'm really looking forward to driving one in 2023. Hopefully, I get a chance to. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I'm, I'm really surprised that that slipped my mind because it really should have been an obvious. You've one. talked about it so much too. I, I, know. I just I thought that was going to be on your list. I know. Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next one? Um, next one is one that you drove, um, Huracan STO. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll try not to sell it that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that one was, like, so you sold it, so you had to go fuel it up, so you had an excuse to go drive it. But that had, like, delivery miles, so I wasn't going to go drive that car. Yeah, and I, I drove in it with the customer, though, too. Yeah, that's they, true. When uh, when they came in to look at it. And that's another car that, you know, such low miles and such a special car, we're, like, kind of reluctant to put miles on them. But, like, I knew they wanted it. I'm like, yeah, no, let's take it out. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Even he said, like, when we came back, he's like, wow, I'm surprised you let me drive this thing. I'm like, dude, I wasn't going to give up this uh, this opportunity. Yeah. yeah good yeah. choice. So, I mean, car values are coming down. Hopefully those will be less valuable next year. So it's not as, I don't feel as guilty taking it out. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope to drive one of those. And uh, I put in the same category, Aventador. I've always wanted to drive an Aventador. I never have. So it's not a new car, but 
I, have, have you ridden in one? Yeah, I sold a green Aventador S to a local guy, um, and I rode passenger in the test drive. Got it. Yeah. Should so, just drive it next time. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what else you got? I've got another Ferrari. Okay. Puro Sangue. Ooh. So, delivery supposedly are going to be in 2023. We'll see what happens. I doubt that we'll see one until 24. I'm really optimistic. <laughs> I really want to drive one. I want to drive a 12-cylinder SUV, dude. And it's pretty. We talked about this car a lot, you know, yeah. on this podcast. Even before it was officially announced, I'm pretty sure we, we mentioned it. So there's a lot of build-up to it. I want to drive it. Yeah. Really, really bad. Yeah, me too. That's a good one. And I want to see, like, if it kind of... I don't know. Like, the, going into it, like, I, I'm sure that I will love it, which is the opposite way that I went into driving the Urus. And I came around in the Urus, so I'm wondering, like, am I going to be disappointed? Is it going to exceed my expectations? Like, what, what am I going to think about it? So stay tuned, hopefully, in 2023. <laughs> But yeah, probably 2024 if we're going to be realistic. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, put us on way. Nice. Yeah, I'm hopeful too on that one. Um, next on my list um, is just a generalization. Piggybacking off of that one is just more Ferraris. Okay. Um, like I said, the 488 was my only real experience with Ferrari, and then I'd like to drive more of them. Yeah. So um, preferably V12s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd love to drive an A12. I, I rode passenger in a test drive in one once, but the driver didn't really push the car much at all. Like we good <laughs> barely went above three or 4,000 RPM. It's like, I want to hear this. Thing. Anything over 4,000 RPM is legitimately dangerous in that car. So I don't, that's you know. valid, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, good. that's a good one. Yep. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, my next one is the Lotus Amira. That was on my list next too. <laughs> nice. Uh, judging by how much we both love the Evora GT, I'm just really looking forward to driving an Amira. I watched the scene through glass uh, drive. He drove it up to Scotland and back, mm-hmm. right? So he spent like 48 hours driving. It was like a thousand miles or something like that. He said, "Pretty car." And we we've said this before though too when we talked about the car. It's like you take the Evora and kind of air quotes fix everything about the car. <laughs> so the interior is way more refined. The info, the infotainment isn't just like a Alpine unit stuck into the dashboard. It looks <laughs> like it, you know, came from Best Buy. Yeah. Uh, like all those things are charming about those Lotuses, but now like they're, it's it's legitimately a pretty car. It's legitimately like, you know, really refined and put together. I'm really looking forward to driving one. Um, powertrain, drivetrain wise, it's not really that different from the Evora, right? But just I'm looking forward to the experience of having that driving experience. Surrounded by an interior that's actually legitimately nice to be in, you know. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm looking forward to with that one. Yeah, the usability, the refinement, and especially the interior sort of makes it now a true Cayman competitor. Before right. it was more like a compromised alternative. Right. But now it's full it on. It used to be the hipster choice, <laughs> and now like it's the full on competitor. It's so pretty. It is. It looks like a quarter million dollar supercar. I wasn't so sure about the front, like the hood part where it's, it's you know how short. it kind of looks like the Avaya with the same triangular oh, that's cutouts in the hood. Oh, I like that. I wasn't sure on it at first, but I, I'm sold on it now. It's really pretty. Do you have any other thoughts about the Lotus? Um, I'm really looking forward to driving one too. I think because it's uh, very much the same car underneath as the Evora, I won't have very high expectations of it being very different apart from like, like we were saying, it's just a better car. Yeah. A better version. Um, but you bring up, brought up a good point about it being the same powertrain. They're offering a different one with it too. You could get the AMG four pot with an automatic. I forgot about that. Um, so that would be a really interesting, uh, experience. That's the same engine that's in the uh, like the A the A series um, A forty five. Yeah. Yep. Mercedes. That's interesting. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So. That's a good point. I, that's I'm I'm uh, I'm curious about that. That'll be really different. Um, but I guess I have, I have one more on here, and it's a generalization again. More EVs. Good. Yeah. I we, I've we, only driven yeah. the Polestar. So give me more EVs. I want to drive Lucids. I want to drive Teslas. I want to drive. Uh, Tykins, whatever. Yeah. It. Yeah. Rivians, all that. Yeah. Um, we, we do need to get you into more electric cars and really see what you think. Yeah. Um, especially the electric cars that are 
kind of like contemporary, like the ones that are coming out now or just recently came out because they're all really, really good. Yeah. yeah. I'm also interested to compare them because like we were saying on the episode where we talked about does an electric sports car make sense? Yep. We are talking about how the engine, like in ICE cars, each engine is very different. So you have a lot of different things to choose from. With EVs, it's a battery and some motors, and obviously there's more to it than building than not to just build a car. Right. Um, so I'm really interested to compare how different manufacturers build EVs and, and how they yeah. differentiate. So. Yeah. Especially since, since it's moving so quickly, like it's such a, you know, I talked about leasing an EV. Like I will, I personally would not buy one right now just because it's going to be out of date in a few years. You know. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next two on my list are electric cars. It's the Kia EV6 GT because mm-hmm. I drove the regular EV6 uh, dual motor. Uh, the EV6 GT is it's as it's as fast as a supercar. <laughs> it doesn't handle like one, I'm sure, because it's still like a you know a regular passenger car. But zero to sixty in three point five seconds Absurd. Uh, is insane. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And then also the Lucid Air. Yes. I haven't driven one. I've seen them in person. They were at um, they were at the uh, Audrain. Um, what was it? it was the, the gathering? Concourse. Right, gathering. Yeah. Um, they had a, a display set up there. That was my first time actually seeing one in person. I was impressed. They're really, really beautiful. I really want to get in one and drive it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't really seen one up close. I saw a red... With a silver roof car, yeah. passed me on the other side of the highway once. That's the only time I've seen one in person. So, so pretty. Yeah. Um, another one is the uh, Maserati Gran Turismo. Hey. The new one. <laughs> it's been a couple episodes since I mentioned the Gran Turismo. Has so, it? I probably. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I got to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And then you know they're gonna do the electric one that we talked about and I was a little disappointed in the range so I'm curious to see if actually driving the car changes my mind about it um, and also just want to drive the you know they have the the um, combustion engine ones too so there's that and then finally kind of cheating but willing this into existence I want to drive a, a, a Genesis coupe that doesn't exist yet <laughs> this is even more of a stretch than the person I'm they're like. so beautiful they keep announcing them. They just announced the convertible one. Genesis, just please build, build one. Build it. Oh my god, they've been teasing us for years now. Um, absolutely gorgeous. I really want it. I really want it to be real. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. So on that disappointing note. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jude. <laughs> um, well, I guess that wraps up our last episode of 2022. If um, you've been listening, thank you. Yes. So much. Um, it's so cool, like, seeing the feedback and stuff. Really excited for 2023. Um, we've got some exciting things in store for the podcast. And really happy to have all of you people who listen along for the journey. Because it really is that. It's a journey. Yeah. Yeah, we've got, uh, like Jude said, we've got plans for the podcast, plans for our socials. Um, and we've got the 2023 F1 season to look forward to as well. Yes. So looking forward to doing some more F1 talks as well. Yep. Um, But that's it for now. Uh, Follow us on socials if you don't already. It's all in the show notes at 11's Podcasts and then Jude and I's Instagrams as well. Um, That's it. We'll see you guys next year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye.